The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. This is our last show of the week, as Jess just tweeted out. But we've got big news, and we end this one on a high note. Uh, A little frustrating, because those of us at NFL Network, and I know, Haley, you were out there at practice, all waiting to see what Dak Prescott looked like. Yesterday, as we described to everyone, it was a walkthrough. But as Mike McCarthy told us this morning, uh, he had about 40 throws uh, in that 70-play mock game. He looked good, and he was going to get time in with the ones as they went through practice. And again, to peel the curtain back a little bit, the media only has access to 30 minutes of practice. And so we are there. It's very the full, strict. <laughs> yeah, we are there the full 30 minutes, and out comes Dak Prescott onto the field. And what initially stood out to me, and I don't know, it, it, I'm referencing to Haley because Haley's at practice with me. Uh, you poor girls drive in from Fort Worth and all over uh, to get here to do the show. But what stood out to me was that he didn't have a brace on the thumb. Mm-hmm. And he was high-fiving his, you know, yeah, his his teammates, that. which I thought yep. was a big deal. You know, you're high-fiving. He's <laughs> gripping uh, Ezekiel Elliott as they do, like, their little bro shake. And then we were finally able to catch up with Dak Prescott. And I love yep. that it certainly seemed like it was tracking that way. But Todd Archer just point blank said, so are you playing on Sunday, which is my next question. And he emphatically said, I am. And then he goes, I think. Yeah. I am. And I even joked them a little bit. I said, are you trying to play coy with us? He's like, nah, that's just, you know what the coaches want. Uh, But I think we all got a sense of Dak was back on track when we saw him throwing on the road against the Eagles listed as questionable. And so I'll start with you, Aisha, as we typically do. How does the offense change? when you have Dak under center? I, I mean, I think that some of the plays, well, honestly, if you look at a lot of the play designs, there were opportunities for these guys to make big plays down the field. We talked about moving meticulously down the field with the run game, stuff like that. I think things are just going to open up a little bit more. I think that you can confidently go into games and say, hey, if we need something here, we can go for it here. Also, too, you look at those um, third and shorts, those type of stuff like that. Like he, I think he is the person to make the better decision there or also use his legs in these, and maybe in these opportunities. So I think that all, all around, maybe you open up your offense more moving forward yeah I just think too uh one thing that I really enjoyed I caught the tail end of of Dak speaking but one thing I really enjoyed uh him talking about today was how much he learned in this time you know from Mm -hmm. not being on the field and he didn't go into specifics because I don't think he ever does but I just love that he that self-scout that we've been emphasizing so much with Mike McCarthy he really took that to heart and I think while it may not be a difference from you know a like skill set per se with Dak maybe he hasn't improved skill wise but just that taking that next step as a leader taking that next step as a starting quarterback I think that's going to be exciting to see on Sunday Mm -hmm. I think the most exciting thing was solidified for me today seeing both Micah and CD talking about Dak because they lit up like a Christmas tree (laughs) I mean it was such a different energy and such a different form of um, excitement I think coming from these guys than we've seen these past few weeks and so being around CD when he was talking about him was something but then Micah and, and Dak were standing next to each other 
together for a portion of, of their locker room interview and, and just the banter back and forth with them. And, and you can just see it. You can tell how excited these guys are to have their leader back. And um, it's just so exciting for everybody really in the building. I felt like there was just a little energy lift with, uh, with Dak talking after the media. It felt like kind of a sigh of relief from everybody to be like, okay, it's finally over. We can move the page. We can turn the page. And uh, Dak's back. It's exciting. I think some of the things that really stood out to me, too, were, you know, when Dak went through his injury with the ankle, he when you go on IR, you aren't as present as you can be. And as much as people knocked Jerry Jones and staff for keeping him around, you know, the window for IR um, – Injured reserve is four weeks for those that aren't in the know uh, watching the show. Because I want you guys to be as educated as some of us about football. And these are things that I learned along the way, too. Uh, but that would have essentially meant he couldn't be on the sidelines for some of this stuff. And uh, he was able to be fully engaged. And everything from I loved Michael Gallup saying, you know, we need water bottles at practice. That's what he did. And Zeke said, he's not a diva. You know, he's gritty. He talks that S. And he said, you know, it's his relatability. And that is why... As we talked about this quarterback controversy, I had to laugh because, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about these teams but aren't in the locker room. They aren't at practice. They aren't at the games. They don't have relationships with the players in the sense that you you know what's going on in there. But if you know this team, the reason why Dak won that starting job was Tony Romo was not around here rehabbing when he got injured. Dak was. That's when they started introducing it was locker room basketball where they had the basketballs in the trash cans. <laughs> But even when he became the starter, bringing those guys to San Diego, bringing those guys to Miami, the relationship that he has with the players, even Tyler Smith, the young rookie tackle, you know, he texted him and invited him to a charity event, you know, not long after he was here with the team. Those are the little things that add up and the little things that matter. Uh, a couple of other sound bites that stood out to me today when asked about, about Dak, CD said, he looked like Dak. Yeah. <laughs> Big time throws during the team period. It was even Ezekiel Elliott who said, because I asked him, when did you guys start seeing how good he was looking? I think it was CD said, you know, it started with the Nerf ball and then it was yeah. the football. But then it was Ezekiel Elliott who said he was tearing up the scout defense last week. And I just love that, Micah, to your point, and welcome to the scrums. I love, you walked in the building today and I said, wait, are you credentialed now? Uh, so exciting to see you asking questions um, and being in the locker room because I know, you know, for a lot of people out here watching the show, they would love to have that access. They yeah. would love to sort of get locked. So I love seeing uh, your development and getting to do that. But Micah Parsons saying that when they were out there on the field <laughs> uh, and, he, and he showed up, he said, welcome to the S show. In other words, <laughs> like, I'm not going on easy on you yeah. that you're just back. But I just, to your point, I love the energy, the enthusiasm. And they're coming off a tough division loss. But you get the sense these guys truly feel, and it was even Zeke who said this, We've got a lot of momentum right now. Mm -hmm. We know it's a bit of an uphill battle. We've got to win the division, but they feel good about where they're at right now. And the banter with that, too, is uh, Micah was talking about how they were practicing again, and, and he told Dak, yeah, welcome to the S show. And uh, when Dak went up to interview, Dak's like, yeah, well, we scored a touchdown on that drive. So just want to throw that out <laughs> Hair there. Hair flip. <laughs> no, I wanted to add on, like, even the pictures of him, just, just seeing him run out to practice, like, he looks like he's floating. Like you can yeah. see he's he's happy and he brings that to the game. But I think that's an important element that we don't talk about is like like you were talking about, these guys know what they have in him. Yeah. And so like I like those opportunities that they have for turnovers and stuff like that, like they know this guy can go down there and score with them. So I think it's important that they, they get their leader back. I know they can feel that in the locker room. I wish I was there today. Well, and also, you know, we talk about this quarterback controversy. Uh, I love that CD was sort of asked this uh, by one of the Channel 8 reporters, or maybe it was a Fox reporter. 
and he says, "You ain't that slick." <laughs> yeah, like, but a lot of these guys know, and even Zeke pointed, you know, to the star on the backboard behind him as he was getting interviewed. Like, why was this even a topic? And nobody's disrespecting Cooper around mm-hmm. here. It's just Dak can take the top off this offense. And he was also asked about the difference between week one and week seven. There was no continuity on that offensive line. You were having a rookie, you know, that was starting there at left tackle. It seems like that offensive line is really settled in as of late. The communication is strong. And we go back to having those two tight ends there. They're not only blocking guys, but they're guys that you can use in your receiving game. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, who, quick tease, we'll be talking a little (laughs) bit about the run game where I think it's going to be important uh, this week on the other side of this break. But I just think that he has weapons. I mean, he didn't have Michael Gallup. They wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll see if Dalton Schultz. I mean, Dalton Schultz has been a bit of a security blanket for Dak. I don't know what's going on with Dalton, though. I think He was that, a full participant. Yeah, I think, I think it's just one of those things where, like, some players really need their quarterback. You know, and I think Dalton is one of those guys where, like, for whatever reason, he just never developed that rapport with Cooper. And then you tack on a PCL, which I said from the very beginning with a PCL injury in particular, those are almost, I don't want to say worse than ACL injuries, but from a management standpoint, they're harder because there's no tear, so you don't require surgery. But like you said, it's nagging, and it doesn't go away unless you properly let it heal. And You had oh, that with Zeke last year, remember? Oh, yeah, played and, in it, all and, year, he and it said, was tough. He said that it really slowed down his burst. It happened week you four can't. against Carolina. Yeah, so I just think, like, you mix that. He's missing the quarterback. He's playing on the tag and, you know, maybe isn't happy about that. Now All it's of getting those. in his head that these rookies are stepping exactly. up. Exactly. So I just think there's a lot of layers. I, what My hope with Dalton is Dak comes back. He's starting to feel a little bit better. It's good. We'll talk about the injury report in a little bit. But it's good that he's been a full participant again at practice. And you just hope that they get that rhythm back because just, like, Mike McCarthy is saying Dak needs to find his timing. He's also said that with Dalton as well. Well, Dalton just needs to find that timing. And I think that timing comes with playing with Dak. And something else, too, is Mike McCarthy talked this morning about the I asked him, well, how is the mental aspect of all of this? How important is that? And he said, that's the last hurdle. And so I think a lot of it, too, could be a mental aspect, too, with Dalton Schultz, which if he can sit there and and he can admit, hey, I'm just mentally I'm not ready, kind of like Michael Gallup did. Hey, more respect to him for that. But I don't know. Well, I don't know what's going on. To add to your point, though, like about, you know, some players needing their quarterback. I mean, if you look at if you look at just how the offense was even run with uh, with Cooper Rush, like he attacked the middle of the field when it was 100 percent necessary. But you didn't get like besides this game, you weren't really getting a lot from your tight ends um, in passing. And that's actually something I was looking forward to to this week. I think we could see the tight ends get more involved. You could see Dalton Schultz actually have some, you know, good passing plays in this game as well. So yeah, it's. The offense also, too, was less tight end receiver available, mm-hmm. I guess you want to say as well. So I think that may be a difference you see, too, is that these tight ends get more involved. It just feels like this is like the last step yes. almost that this team needs. You know, yeah. like first game was not a reflection of what, you know, this team was capable of. They have built over the last couple of weeks. They've done it with a backup quarterback. The defense has really found its stride. And I think with Dak coming back, now it's kind of like – watch out and also the defense finding its stride you have a very hungry lion who not only mentioned he was ready for lunch during that interview but he <laughs> also was good today <laughs> he also mentioned that 
you know, coming off of a loss, how that made him feel mm-hmm. and, and how he did a lot of self-scouting, a lot of self-reflecting. So I think Mike is the kind of guy that when when he loses, he's not going to stay in defeat. He's going to sit there and he's going to do everything he can to come back. He also talked about that uh, competition he had going with Tank. And he's like, yeah, I'm not winning right now. So he's so competitive <laughs> and that competitive nature, I, I think, really is going to be brought out, brought out and amplified, even though they're not on the same side of the ball, asking him like, hey, how is it going to be different not seeing Dak on the sideline anymore? He's like, oh, I'm kind of going to miss it, but you know, I won't get to go up to him afterwards and, and see all that. But I think really you're going to see an amplified Micah Parsons coming off of a loss, especially in primetime to the Eagles. I think this is going to be a very good week for Micah. And unsung hero, Mike McCarthy. I mean, 12-5 and five last season with all the injuries, 4-1 and one without your starting quarterback this season. Uh, I just I love what I'm seeing from this locker room and how it's built you know, they wear, they wear the, the word resilience on their sweatshirt, and I truly feel like they've embraced it and they believe it. All right, pass or run? I think that's a big question. What what can we expect to see from Dak Prescott in his return against the Lions at AT&T Stadium on Sunday? We'll talk that and an injury update on the other side of the break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But Jess, hit us with some reads first. All right. Well, since your Cowboys have a home game, it is a great time to remind you about the Pro Shops. Get your game day mentality with the Dallas Cowboys official sideline gear, inspired by coaches and players made for all of Cowboys Nation. Head to the nearest Pro Shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com at fanatics.com. 
a Fanatics experience. How exciting. I love me some Dallas Cowboys merch, so might go do that right after this. Love that. Haley, we've got some injury updates for people looking to stack their fantasy football lineups. It's me. (laughs) I'm people. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. I'm terrible at fantasy football. Uh, So from the Cowboys side of things, looking pretty good. Uh, Pretty much everybody was full participant, including CeeDee Lamb, who was limited yesterday with a hip. They did have a new addition with Matt Walesco going on. He was limited today with a shoulder injury. But other than that, the Cowboys looking pretty good. It's good to see that full next to Dak Prescott for two days in a row. Uh, On the Detroit side, though, things are still looking a little sus. Uh, you got DeAndre Swift, who is limited. Uh, DJ Chark did not practice as well. I actually saw on Twitter today from Danny Rogers, who will be joining us in a little bit, uh, she said he was in a walking boot today. That's not good. She said it looked Mm -hmm. worse. He said that it looked worse than what it actually was. It was more preventative, but anytime you see a walking (laughs) boot, it's... I've been in a boot, so I know that. Um, let's see who else is on this list. Uh, Charles Harris did not practice. Matt Nelson, Bobby Price, Frank Ragno. So just a lot of guys on and off the board who are limited. Uh, the one thing that stands out to me, though, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, he was kind of banged up last week with an angle injury. He has been full for the last two days. So, Did you say the center, Frank Ragno? Yes. You said he was limited? Frank Ragno, foot limited. That's All important. Right. Back to back days. When you talk about what they do well, um, the Lions run the ball. Yeah. They run the ball well, and that's the, the center. Like Frank is a big part of what they do in the power run in a lot of their pulls. He's a lead, he's a lead blocker often, so that's something to take a look at and keep an eye on as well. They've got a couple guys on here on the line. So Taylor Decker did not practice yesterday, but he was a full participant today. Uh, let's see who else. Matt Nelson, a tackle. He did not practice today. I know we talked a lot about the offensive line of the Lions yesterday. So, yeah, you're right. Definitely some important things to pay attention to. And also when you're talking about a team that's try- – their goal is to stay out of, like, third and seven-plus territory, that is huge, especially when it comes to third downs, to not having your center – Big yikes for for the Lions. Well, particularly because that's been an area of strength for them offensively. Like, we're not giving this Lions team a lot of credit heading into Sunday because they do have a 1-4 and record. But if you look at the points that they can put up on the board, I mean, in their losses, they put up 35 points week one. They put up 27 uh, or 36 points week two. 24 points week three, 45 points week four. This is a team that can score. And then when we, when you can <laughs> zero your point, <laughs> the next week, they've got the number two uh, highest scoring offense in the league, which is crazy. Yes. Third highest scoring offense in the league, eighth uh, rushing scoring offense in the league. And that could hurt the Cowboys. Well, I mean, their rushing D got exposed last week against the Eagles. Now you're dealing with a different quarterback uh, in Jalen Hurts. But it's definitely an area they can exploit. Here's where they're getting killed. Defense. Yes. They are last in the league in total scoring on defense, last in scoring, last in the rushing game. And so that brings me to our segment, Run or Pass with Dak back under center. We keep talking about the reason why I think Mike was reluctant to give us the all systems go is because he kept talking about rhythm and timing are important. It's one thing to clear the medical hurdle. It's another to get the rhythm and timing back. And I would submit that it's a little bit easier for him this time around just because, as he's talked about today, he's gone through the mental reps. He's been on the sidelines. It's a little bit different than, like, Tyron Smith hasn't been around here. I think that's going to be a little bit harder, you know, for him and guys that have been away from the building, right? But 
Zeke was very bullish about the importance of this team doing what they've said they wanted to do the last two years. They want to be a run-first offense. They want to establish and impose their will. And you do that by sustaining drives by running the ball. Um, and even as he said, I love that Zeke keeps saying this because this speaks to the team camaraderie. It's not just Zeke that he believes is a guy that should run the ball, but also Tony Pollard. And so when we talk about simplifying the offense, Aisha, when we talk about what Dak has seen from the sidelines and we talk about helping establish that rhythm, wearing down opposing defenses, do you see them leaning on the run, particularly when we look at how bad this Lions defense is against the run? Yeah, I, I expect for them to lean on. The, I, I hope they lean on the run. Uh, that's the smart thing to do. Um, but I think with Dak in any passing situations, I would I would just do boots, waggles, little short stuff, getting him rolling out the pocket if he wants to. That's where I think he's one of the most comfortable. I think he's comfortable in the pocket, but early in his career when they did have a steady run game, you saw a lot of little quick outs to the tight ends, little short stuff, just to get him back in the groove, get the ball you know, out of his hands or whatever. And then from there, if they are steady with the run game, it's going to open up the pass, and I think that's going to make it easier for some of this receiver core that we've talked about is still finding an identity. I think that the run game is going to help that and continue to help that because you've seen the the big plays that come from play action. I think that's a big part of what Dak said that he saw on the sideline is like, hey, this begets this. Like, this makes this open up. This makes this open up. So I expect for them to – they may take shots, though. Like, I honestly – I'm going to be honest with you. Like, the Lions – they can get wonky. They can they can do some stuff on special teams. They can trick you. They can do different stuff. And I think that this game may have more explosive and weird stuff going on than what we expect. Like, it may not just be, let's just run the ball, y'all. We're just going to go down the field. It might be like, why they do that right there? I love that you just jogged my memory because there's so much sound as you're covering this team, right? You've got Jerry Jones that talks twice a week. You've got Stephen Jones. You've got Mike McCarthy, and you've got all the players. But what Mike McCarthy said earlier in the week is this may be the toughest special teams yep. that the, they face all season. As much credit as we've given. They're ranked number two in the league, yeah. special teams. So I just I think this is an area that – that to your point, I think could be one of those. I don't want to say it's a trap game. I know it's an uncommon opponent, but I do think it's interesting that Mike McCarthy conceded that the reason why they didn't do a full practice yesterday and brought in the guys is a little bit late is they wanted to get a jump on some of that. And so mm-hmm. I imagine Bones Fossil was in there as a special <laughs> teams coach, giving them a little insight into how you defend against this. Yeah, and then last week, you know, with special teams, and Bones talked about it in his interview, like they had a big return, you know, pull back because of penalties. I think they want to be better there. But field position was super important last week. It's mm-hmm. been important all week. And when you're talking about winning time of possession and being able to move methodically down the field, like special teams is going to be important. Like where they're starting is going to help this offense regardless. So that's another element of this offense running the ball and being successful and Dak getting in a rhythm is that not pinning him deep. That's not a good way for him to start mm-hmm. off coming back to this team. Yeah, I think for sure you go with what's been working. And I think right now what's been working is the run game, especially coming off of a game like Zeke had last week where he's kind of finally getting back to that iconic Zeke that we remember when he came out of college. Uh, So I think obviously you lean on that. You lean on Tony, to your point, you know, like those chunk plays have been really big. Tony's touchdown still to me is the most impressive thing this offense has done all season, other than that Jake Ferguson two-step because that was so clean. (laughs) Hit him with the (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
But for me, you know, I came here uh, from Miami, so I was covering the Dolphins, and this reminds me of the conversation surrounding Tua in the offseason was he didn't have any arm strength. He couldn't get the ball down the field. They signed, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill, and they had Jalen Waddell, and it was pointless because Tua wasn't going to be able to get them the ball. So what do they do the first game of the season? Drops back and unloads a killer pass down the field to Tyreek Hill for, like, 50-plus yards. That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting, you know, from what Dak might do on Sunday. Like, why not? You know, like, we haven't had those big plays from Cooper yet, so shoot, why not try it? Now, that's me being optimistic. That's maybe the fan in me talking a little bit, but I could see something like that to where, like, again, like, that's kind of the stuff that this offense has been missing, the pizzazz, the razzle-dazzle, those big plays. And so... I don't, and Dak. If you're I listening, don't, I don't want them to razzle dazzle too much. No, though, right? absolutely like, not too I think, much. I'm with I'm with you though in the sense that I think you want to establish your identity and set the tone of the game because that's when we've seen success. Yeah, when they score on the opening drive. Well, that's and I, huge. And I think setting up for success goes in so many different variations that we've seen could have been the Cowboys' downfall if they hadn't won that game and essentially was their downfall for the loss to the Eagles. You look at field position, you look at time of possession, you look at penalties and, and you know, things that they kind of brought upon themselves in, in those ways. So I think setting up for success starts in many ways, but also establishing the run also establishes the play action, which we know will lead to the passing game. So I think to your point about wanting some razzle-dazzle, I'm the just fan Just a little. Me, the I don't want too much, like that. Jane said. Yeah, but just, I but just also to play it conservative. To to come out of the gates and set the tone that Dak is back, I think, is so important for the confidence of that entire team and and the offense. Because, I mean, hey, they're coming off of a tough loss. And and I'm not saying they're down. That is not the vibe that you're feeling in in the locker room. Posty was at practice on Wednesday. They're They're, all right. they're, they're (laughs) They're not down anyway. But to set the tone, to say this is who we are, this is our identity, and we're back. I think that's huge for I them. Think that's, I think that's another thing that's important is, like, we talked about at the beginning of the season is, like, that they're putting good tape out there. And this game, to me, with Dak under center is going to be important for, to, for future teams to, like, because they haven't seen Dak since week one, mm-hmm. right? Like, and there are new toys, right? Like, so it's, like, let's see what they look like here. So I do agree that it's important for them to establish, like, this is our identity. This is what we do. And in be, case y'all forgot. In case y'all yeah. forgot. Like, because, I mean, it is it's it is very, like, people very quickly forget that this offense is explosive. And granted, you have lost an Amari Cooper um, or whatever the case may be, but it's like they still have guys. Mm-hmm. They still got guys. And I think it's important that they, they come out here and show that because the offense for the majority of this time has been very – you know, it's been very normal. Normal is the word I'm going to use. It's been very normal. So, yes. I love that, you know, Damone Clark is your pet cat. Mine's Michael Gallup. And so I love love the Michael Gallup-Dak connection. And we didn't get to see that in week one, so I'm looking forward to see it in week seven. I like that you said pet cat. I've never heard that before. (laughs) I think we we all have a pet cat. Mine's definitely Cavante. Mine is definitely Cavante Turpin. So to see some possible Dak Cavante chemistry going on, that is something yep. I would keep a very close eye out for. I'm gonna have cats. to ponder my my pet cat. Oh. I feel like they're I feel like they're all my pet cats because the more <laughs> I talk to them, like they're all just there's nah. some there's some likable cats Hanny, in here. Yeah. All right, Ferg. we've got to get to Hanny a break because we've got Danny Rogers <laughs> taking time out of our day. She is the Detroit Lions beat reporter. Uh, as we said, we want to educate you on the opponent as much as possible as well. So we're gonna take. 
take our second and final break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk and Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, how about some live reads from Jess? All right. Well, we're talking all about single ticket games, limited tickets for the remaining home games of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium are available now. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Cowboys Nation, we're going to need y'all there to be very loud on Sunday. Indeed. Home field advantage. Well, one of the uh, one of the folks we're excited to see in town on Sunday is Danny Rogers. She is the beat reporter for the Detroit Lions, who did an incredible job for us on NFL Network and our Better Together coverage, which is an extravaganza of all the training camps. So, no one better to talk about this team than you, Detroit, uh, than you, Danny. So, thank you so much for joining us. Let's get right back into it. We've been talking a little bit about offensively one of the best in the league, defensively one of the worst. What were they able to glean from the bye week that lends itself to maybe this team could be improved, particularly given the fact that they've got such a host of injuries? Yeah, this is all all great questions. It, it all centers around that defense. And we heard from defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn today. That was the first day of hearing him from him since the bye week. And I can tell you that's the first time this season, this whole season, he's looked tired. This man didn't really take a bye week, and that's what most of the coaches said, that, yeah, we didn't play last week, but it didn't feel like a bye week because they were back to the drawing board trying to figure out what what dismantled against New England um, where they shut out the Lions and then um, put up 29 points on the scoreboard for the defense. So defensive-wise, right now they are dealing with, with one key injury there, Charles Harris, defensive end. He's a really good bookend with the rookie Aiden Hutchinson. So we're not sure if we're going to see Charles Harris he didn't play at New England. He hasn't practiced yet so far this week. Um, but the defense is kind of kicking themselves in the foot. There's a lot of things that need to happen up front first. And it starts with getting 
pressure on imposing quarterbacks. I love what Coach Glenn said today. Everyone harps on the sacks. And when I look at the Dallas defense, I'm like, yeah, sacks are all, all over the place, leading that team, leading the NFL with sacks. Coach Glenn, though, he's a, he's a secondary guy. He played in, in the secondary for about 15 years in the NFL. He's looking for quarterback pressures that result in takeaways. So no matter how you look at it, stuff has to go on up front. Things have not been clicking. There have been injuries. Um, and the defense was really what was lagging behind coming into this season for the Detroit Lions. They haven't had, they haven't made the strides they needed to. A couple of players were benched against New England. Uh, Amani Oruwarie, who is considered a veteran in this league now in his fourth year, he was in, he was a healthy scratch. So the, this, this staff sent a very clear message to this team that you have got to make this team better and contribute and compete at a very high level, or you just won't play. So Sunday, we're still not sure what kind of Detroit Lions defense we're going to see. They've been mixed matching pieces, trying to figure out which scheme works best with which personnel. So uh, we're all kind of going to see together Sunday who's starting and, and who's not and, and who's healthy and who's not healthy enough to get back in this in this ball game. Yeah, Danny, uh, it's Aisha. So I that's interesting that you say that because when I listened to Mike McCarthy's uh, press conference yesterday, he talked about you know kind of not you know not counting out what they're going which what the Lions are going to be doing defensively because and I think a big part of that is because like you just said, there's so many different rotations, there's so many different guys in and out. Um, I would assume that it's difficult to plan and scheme for those gentlemen because of that. I do want to ask you a question about. Um, Jamal Williams and uh, and um, my bad, it just slipped my mind. The other running back, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Yes, uh, yes. I do want to ask about those two gentlemen. Are how are they looking? And are you, you know, do you have a feel for what their progress has been this week as far as playing? Yeah, yeah. So Jamal Williams, he is our workhorse. He's considered running back number two, but he really is that one-two punch with running back DeAndre Swift. So mm-hmm. Jamal is healthy. He'll be ready to go. He took a, a major. Um, he just most of the load while DeAndre Swift has been battling um, an ankle injury. He's had a couple of injuries. He's been battling. So DeAndre Swift actually sprained his ankle game one against the Philly, against uh, Philly, went on to play in a limited role weeks two and three and sat out weeks four and five. So he has been practicing this week and we do anticipate him to play. I anticipate him to play anyway. Um, so you will have that one-two punch. And I, I asked Dan Campbell yesterday, which is um, stuck out to me, was the one-two punch that Dallas has, Tony Pollard and, and <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I do think of them very similar to our one-two punch in Jamal and DeAndre. Okay. Thank you. Danny, it's Haley. Uh, obviously, today, Dak kind of breaking the internet by an officially announcing himself as the starter for uh, Sunday's game. Uh, obviously, we'll get that confirmed uh, tomorrow when we get to hear from McCarthy. But uh, when it comes to preparing for, um, you know, a matchup, how is the how's the mentality been? How's the preparation been preparing for a Dak as opposed to preparing for a Cooper? Yeah, and I asked Coach Campbell this specifically yesterday um, while we were breaking down some film of the Cowboys. And I was like, how different is it prepping for Dak, who saw some action in game one, hasn't seen any uh, yet so far this season, so you have very limited tape on him this season, yet he's still a, he's still a veteran in this league. Um, and so Coach Campbell broke down a couple of scenarios of when he was in New Orleans and Miami of the quarterbacks that they had been prepping for. And uh, he about two out of three times, 
when when quarterbacks came back, the starting quarterbacks came back from injury, you got their best game. There was one game, one instance where it was a bad outing for a, a QB1 coming back from injury. He said, look, we are going to prepare for Dak Prescott's best game of his career coming into this into this one. You just you can't not um, prepare in that fashion. So um, didn't give a whole lot to uh, Cooper Rush, although we uh, we uh, have a close connection with Cooper Rush. One of our um, our very talented producers is his brother-in-law, which is kind of crazy to think because he's very So we are, we're big Cooper Rush fans in the media room. Um, but but yeah, so so Coach Campbell on the team, they are preparing for Dak Prescott's best game despite the lack of time he's seen on the field this year. Hey, Danny, it is Jess, and we were just talking about the Lions special teams and maybe how underappreciated they really are. They're ranked number two in the league. What do you think has been a key component to their success this season? Gosh, when you say ranked number two in the league, it's kind of surprising because right now the Lions are having some woes in the kicker position. Um, Gosh, someone told us a stat today. The Lions have gone through 10 kickers since they um, released Matt Prater and he went to Arizona for the Cardinals, the pro bowler. So that's kind of surprising you say that. Um, There were no (laughs) field goal attempts even at all against New England. Um, Detroit went 0 for 6 on fourth down conversion. So there are woes with the kicker position. However, Dave Fitt is one of the best special teams coordinators. And I think a lot of NFL coaches would agree with me on this. He's one of the best special teams coordinators in the league. Um, he's very methodical. He will stand there talking to you for hours if you let him about the game and everything surrounding it. So you have a really good returner in Khalif Raymond. You're going to get um, another chief special teams guy in Jerry Jacobs, who's been out for the last year rehabbing an ACL. He'll be able to come in and make an immediate impact here soon. Um, but they take a lot of special. They take a lot of pride in special teams. It's had it's had some plays where it's really turned momentum in games, um, which has been great to see and. Um, they're just, yeah, now they're looking for a steady force at field goal um, as well as, as a kick returner right now. Well, Danny, uh, I've, I'm good on questions. Do you have one more, Aisha? So no, you like... I was going to say Jack Fox, the punter, also as well as a weapon. He's, he can be oh, a weapon as well. Yeah, don't let me forget. He going to boom that money. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, don't forget about him because he, he don't, will don't, pin people. No. I, 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 I categorize him as QB number two. So that's, <laughs> that's how important it that's is. What, so. Yes. You're right. Thank you for that. Very, very good. Danny, like I said, the one thing I'm so proud about this show that we do here, uh, Girls Talk, Boys Talk, is we have so many smart women talking football. And I always hope that the listeners don't feel a drop off when they're listening to men talk about the game or the women. But when I talk to someone like you and hear you break down Detroit Lions, it just it's so exciting. So thank you for taking the time. I know you've got a lot going on, plus travel. So we hope to have you on here again uh, Probably won't be that soon, though, since we last saw the Detroit Lions back in 2019. Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Danny. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, ladies, as we were talking to Danny Rogers, Haley, we saw some breaking news <laughs> as it relates to one of the offensive linemen. Yeah, uh, Matt Lesko, uh, he was the only player li- listed as limited today. He had a subluxation of his sh- shoulder. It looks like it was suffered in training camp, according to Patrick Walker upstairs. Surgery has always been an option, so uh, it's looking like he's going to have to have surgery on that shoulder in his uh, 2022 outlook is not looking promising. I'm glad to get it over with. I'm going to be honest, like, 
I, my niece, I mean, I have experience here with this, this, and my niece had this exact injury for the majority of her collegiate career playing uh, playing basketball, and, like, she put the surgery off, she put mm -hmm. the surgery off, and every time you do, it's just making it worse, so it's just like, you might as well just go ahead and get it done, so I'm glad that he's just going ahead and getting it taken care of, so hopefully he can get back next year, because we've seen some good things from him as that left tackle, or backup I, left tackle. It's, it's tough. That offensive line, man, they just can't Cannot, catch breaks this season, was, right? I was about to say, can't catch a break. Battle-tested, I think, is an understatement. No, no doubt. Uh, well, like I said, at least I think the bright spot is this group has really been able to step up. You know, I think the one thing that stood out today is, is Dak talked about the depth that they've been able to establish both offensively and defensively from week one to week seven. So that's some good news. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to go around the table, as I typically do. Who do you think is going to have – a big performance with Dak back under center. Aisha, I'll start with you, and then before I wrap, we'll get to pass interference. Tater tots, it's always me. Um, You're right across from me. I just stare I at you, and I'm like, go. It's so much pressure. <laughs> uh, Diamonds are made under pressure. Okay, well, I didn't want to. I won't be cliche. Say it. Do it. We're all I waiting for cliche. it. Don't say do it. it. If you don't say do it, it, I'll say it. So what? you got it. CD? Oh, no, no. Never mind. We're on the same page. No, I think it's. I think like we talked about. I think it's important that CD shows what he is with his number one, and I hope that starts this week. All right. Yeah, I think the obvious answer is Dak Prescott. Uh, so I mean, I think we're expecting <laughs> him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm digging a little deeper, I honestly I want to say uh, Michael Gallup. I think this is a really good opportunity for him Damn to you. kind of remind people. <laughs> Pet cat. She uh, took my pet cat. Oh, I did. Um, yeah, but I'm just excited for him to kind of get back into the stat sheet and get back to people remembering, like, oh, yeah, that's right. That guy's kind of crazy yeah. when he gets the ball in his hands, exactly. right? Yeah. So. I'm going to go with my pet cat. I'm going to go with Cavante Turpin because I definitely think now that you have that stability in at QB1, you're going to start to see that chemistry really forming with these younger wide receivers and Dak. And I think Cavante, uh, hopefully being integrated more into the offense, you're going to see that a little bit uh, this week and then obviously through the progression of the season. But Cavante Turpin, my forever pet cat, and I'm very excited to see what he does. And I'm I'm banking on one of these days. I'm going to say he's taking it home and it's going to happen. So yeah, I'm guaranteed still, it us on Sunday. So he was very he was close. close. See, close. I, I actually thought of you, Jess. I was like, <laughs> your, your little pet cat there, little kitty cat. I meant to find kitty, him in the locker room today. Kitty I, Cavante. I couldn't <laughs> find him. I couldn't I know, find him in the locker room today, but I was going to say, like how much more do you want this because you were so close to it so don't worry y'all don't worry my pet cat is gonna take it home uh better than the black cat during the new york game that he's we saw literally smaller than me when you stand next like he is a small man <laughs> but small but mighty small but mighty uh before we get to pass interference i i love that danny brought up you know i for me a storyline that i'm going to be talking about on sunday is what team are we getting as it relates to the Lions? I mean, they're benching mm -hmm. players in terms of healthy scratch, trying to send a message. I was bullish on the Lions when I watched Hard Knocks. I mean, Dan Campbell had me wanting to run through a freaking wall. Yeah, that guy to do it nuts. To you. And they, they go from averaging 35 points per game in week five to a complete shutout, uh, something that we haven't seen from an NFL team since week 11 in 2020. Um, they get that break, but again, I just... You know, the Cowboys can put points up on you, and you've got this defense, especially if the defense scores. 
this could get really ugly really fast for Detroit, but we'll sort of see how that shakes out. Jess, uh, how about a little pass interference before we wrap this up? All right, but you also didn't answer who your player is. Oh, I said Michael Gallup. Oh, you're a, your pet cat. Okay, oh, that's my pet cat. All right, we're, we're going sh- with pet we're cats. sharing a cat. <laughs> we're sharing a cat this week. We love a good cat lady. Well, your pass interference for today is the Cowboys have a 15-11 record against the Lions all time, and in that they average around three touchdowns per game. The largest lead that the Cowboys have ever won against the Lions was back on September 15th, 1968, where the score was 59 to 13. How I would love for that to be the score, and come Victory Monday, we're talking about that kind of shutout. Could you imagine, though? We're talking about a one in four team, Dak comes back, and we're dealing with like one of those weird trap games. Uh, Jane, no. I'm just saying. No, I, I'm, I'm like one the of the Cowboys. Stoics. I don't know if you guys ever study like Marcus Aurelius and <laughs> yeah. like Stoics. I always think like what the worst possible outcome is so that you stay prepared. The worst thing is them not being able to stop them running the ball. Yeah. yeah. So the Cowboys linebackers are definitely going to have to come play because again, this this offensive line is very capable of moving people. They also have only allowed seven sacks. So this may be a game to where you don't see a lot of sacks, but you do see pressures or you just playing your assignment, playing your gap, and guys aren't getting past you. And on the well, optimistic remember she did side say your that. boy Charles Harris, the defensive end, I think is, is – it's just why I love having – I'm writing notes. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's good. I'll hone in on that. Not having Charles Harris there to sort of book in with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, because Aiden is doing yeah. a lot yeah. by himself well, as a young player. And too. on the optimistic side of that, everybody, this She's could also – She's our Pat Doney. She's our oh, positive I will be show. optimistic all day. I'm it could be a game that breaks the line. And the Lions offense, because you have a very hungry lion that is ready to eat, especially after what the happened Cowboys last do week. Have so, Mike drop. You're right. They got the opportunity to show they can. <laughs> that's the worry of a lot of people. Can they stop the run? This is a team that can run the ball regardless of what you think. And they can show they can stop it. This I week. think the only thing that gives me confidence is they weren't exactly out of it with Philly. And oh, I think no, that's going to be not. the toughest run team that they face all season. I just hope everyone has fun. Yes, it's <laughs> going to be fun. It's gonna, are you going? Oh, you got to go. You work there. Haley, I love Wait. that. Go I sports. love that. Uh, ladies, thank you for another fun one. I uh, will be rejoining the show back on Wednesday and Thursday. You guys will have Christy Scales in here on Monday, hopefully talking a victory Monday. For those who've tuned in and for the followers that have stayed loyal, we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!